What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Larry Graham hugged me. I got peed on and pepper sprayed. Oh, we've run out of time. <laughs> Welcome to the My Print Story podcast. I'm your host, Dana Marshall. On this episode, I'm speaking with a person who has put up with my intense love for prints for over six years now. My fiance, Susanna. We talk about the time we bumped into Morris Hayes on an elevator and belly danced with my tech. Let's get into it. Hello. Now, the reason why we have her on My Prince Story is, well, twofold. Number one, because we have the COVID-19 pandemic going on and not easy to get guests in the basement right now, nor would I want to because you have to stay home and stay safe and not be a moron and make this thing last longer. And uh, number two, this poor human has had to endure all kinds of insanity due to My Prince addiction, which includes the heartbreaking day that Prince passed and what we did next. And that's what I wanted to talk to Susanna about. So uh, so let's do that. So Prince Prince passes away. I can't remember what day of the week it was. I mean, obviously, I remember it was April 21st. I don't remember if that was a Wednesday or a Thursday. Uh, I do remember the next morning I did my morning show. Then you and I got in my car, and we just drove straight from Kalamazoo, Michigan to Minneapolis. Long drive, by the way. Really long drive. Just want to say thanks for having me on here, finally, after putting up with all the Prince stuff, that it's a real honor to be the uh, only person you can get in the building at the yeah. time. Yeah. That's it's great. It's, uh, that feels really, good, huh? truly honored to be yeah. here. You're, you're yep. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I knew as soon as the news came that Prince passed that I was going to be going to Minneapolis. I wasn't going to force Susanna into what that means. Because, I, you know, you, you say that you love and you respect Prince. Obviously, you don't love and respect Prince and in the uncomfortable way that people like I do, right? No, it was uncomfortable, no. No, okay. No. So to go to Minneapolis during this very somber time and to have all of these Prince experiences, let's just say that Susanna was very supportive and patient through uh, what I think most people would not have been. So we drive all the way to Minneapolis. We go to Paisley Park. That's one of the first things we did once we got there. It was a sea of Prince fans from all over the world. Helicopters flying over like it was a war zone. Um, you know, uh, TV trucks with their big satellite dish things up on their roof. But but it was quiet. It, it was quiet. I, I got a couple of things out of, unfortunately, out of Prince passing. The drive there, all the Prince music that you played that I never realized was Prince music. Yeah, and I have to confess, um, Susanna is a little bit younger than me well like maybe nine years right so yeah and for me growing up prince was taff cap okay you know so it it was always kind of that weird artist and i knew about his music you know now looking back we can see what a great thing he did for the industry and for musicians but it, he was the weird guy when i grew up it was interesting knowing all the songs like oh i never realized this was prince i do like this song i do like this song oh i didn't know he wrote this song i love that song um yep. i may allegedly have a thumb drive that has every prince song that's ever been <laughs> recorded on it i don't remember how long that drive was because hours of it was stuck in traffic in Chicago. So what would have been maybe a nine hour drive was like a 12 hour drive. So that was hours and hours and hours of everything from 
huge Prince hits to deep album cuts to allegedly bootlegs. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure that was quite the forced education of Prince music on you. It was, but I also learned, because um, we got in really, obviously, late that night, and it was amazing to drive into Minneapolis and see, you know, everything was purple, all the people in the streets. We could barely even get into our hotel because of it, but it was it was very calm and peaceful. And then going to Paisley Park, I don't know if you remember, but we actually had to text my brother in California because that's when I learned that Prince was a wizard. Paisley Park was not showing up correctly on the GPS. It wasn't showing up correctly on Apple Maps. So we then used Waze. And it got us there, but it still was tricky. It was kind of like Prince was playing a joke on all of us from heaven in the way that he made it to where it was almost impossible to find Paisley Park if you didn't already know exactly where it was. It was very strange. Yeah. I remember we, you know, my brother told us to use Waze. We did, but there were still some parts where it would show roadblocks where we were going. There's not, but him in California, he could pull up Waze for Minneapolis and get it, it for so us. It weird. was really weird. That was where I realized Prince was a wizard and it was like this crazy orchestrated thing. What I was ready for and I was so pleasantly surprised that didn't exist. After seeing all of the worldwide news after Michael Jackson passed and you had just fans all over the place just losing their minds. I I can't believe he's here. I can't believe he's dead and I don't believe that he's dead. No, he's gone. I can't believe that. I was anticipating that. And then we get to Paisley Park. We park at the really cool park across the street from Paisley Park. And when we get there, we walk up and we just see all of these tributes to Prince. People making art for Prince. It was just everywhere, lining the streets, lining the sidewalks. And we get there and there are thousands of people, but not a sound. It was completely silent. Yeah, it, it was really interesting for me, especially not being, you know, the super fan you are. But I just kind of let you go and do your thing because that entire fence line around the property, like you said, people were doing their um, all their tributes attaching there. But I got to talk to a few people, you know, the one guy who was from Japan mm-hmm. that got on a red eye as soon as he heard and flew there, didn't speak any English. You know, we were kind of talking through our phones. Um, there was a couple people from L.A. and other, you know, Australia that had done the same yep. things. And that was, it was very calm and just sweet. It was very sweet and sentimental. And I remember when I finally did hear the shutter of a like paparazzi camera, it was the weirdest thing ever because he was next to me and it was like, oh, oh God, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, it was easy to get lost in the moment. You're spending time quietly with all of these other people that love Prince like, like I do. Occasionally the sound of the choppers going over and there was a guy there, I want to say he was from like some sort of like E! News or Entertainment Tonight kind of reporter. Suzanne and I and a couple of other people that were kind of around us, we we gathered near the, the black gate, which would be like an employee entrance to Paisley Park. All of a sudden, limos and all kinds of vehicles start pulling up. The gates are opening and all of these people are coming in. And I notice, oh, wait, that's that's Hannah, the drummer from Third Eye Girl. Wait, that's, that's Sheila E. All of a sudden, we see Larry Graham's family pull in. And we're seeing all of these people that are close to Prince and all of these, some celebrities, some not. And we realize, oh, my God, the ceremony is happening right now. 
Everybody's getting out, dressed to the nines. Then, I don't know, maybe an hour or so later, the gates open like the sea is parting. And you see a tall black man dressed all in purple. It's a purple suit, big purple hat. And that man was Larry Graham. Yes. Oh, my God, what a moment. I'll admit I'm a crier. I had not cried yet. From when Prince died, I didn't cry. The whole drive, I didn't cry. We're standing there with all those people. No cry. But then, here comes Larry Graham. I didn't even think to get my phone out, and I'm glad I didn't. But luckily, Susanna was there with her phone behind me. Larry said, I just need love right now. And he comes right to me and hugs me. And luckily, Susanna got it on video. And then Larry, uh, by the way, do you remember the pimpin' rings? Larry I Graham do. The, the, his rings that say Larry and Graham across them, and they're just gold and diamonds. With, like the most ginormous school rings ever. It was fantastic. <laughs> Actually, I felt weird because at that point, I tried to stay, you know, kind of behind like you do your thing and he actually tried to like reach out to me first and I felt like awkward because I moved away from him but it was more like I didn't want to take that from a fan like you who really needed that more I mean don't I, get me wrong I love I Larry don't remember Graham. him coming for you first but yeah. whatever <laughs> I remember him that's, walking right toward me after the gates opened that's, that's how I remember that's how I got the camera out so fast was because I was backing up like oh god he's gonna you know he just needs to reach out to anybody so um, Larry hugs everybody Deep hugs, real hugs. Real like, hugs. Yeah. Grabs with both arms. He, he's a tall guy, all in purple. And by the way, when, when Susanna's taking this video, you can see as his hands go around me, you can see the ginormous Larry Graham gold <laughs> rings on his hand. Oh my God, amazing, right? So he's hugging all these people. Then a reporter puts a mic out to him and tries to ask him a question. Larry politely waves the mic out of the way and forces a hug on this reporter, which... I found very humorous. And then after Larry turned oh, around God. and walks back in, <laughs> the reporter says, who was that? You could feel the anger of the crowd. Yeah. It, <laughs> who was that? I was backing away at that point, but for a different reason. It was so uncomfortable to be there. Uh, <laughs> who, and that's he, Larry Graham, uh, Prince's like spiritual mentor, one of his best friends, a man that's been in Prince's band for years. A, by the way, bass player of Sly and the Family Stone. How do you not know who Larry Graham is? I realize I'm a white guy from the Midwest, but I know who Larry Graham is. I knew who he was. I mean, come on. Oh. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Then Susanna looks at me and I look at her and I said, let's go. I felt it starting to well up. I felt the emotions, right? So then (laughs) we're walking to our car. We get in the car. Windows are down. Basically what I told Susanna is I am full. I cannot, I can't handle another moment. We got to go. But as we're pulling out, do you remember what we saw? Yeah, we, uh, we saw them with everybody had a purple hat box. These really shiny, great foil, like purple hat boxes. Maybe hundreds. Maybe hundreds of people. At least dozens, but maybe hundreds. And I just remember it because as we were walking, you know, we were at that back gate, and so we had to walk past the main gate to get to Paisley Park. And that's where at first we saw some movement, but you were like, I'm full, I'm good. And so as we're in the car, we kept seeing people with these boxes, and I was like, What are those boxes from? And I kept telling her, I don't care. Yeah. I got so much out of this moment, I don't want to think about it. We just went straight to the hotel. Until we got to the hotel and turned it on the TV. We turn on the news, and on the news is everyone you've ever thought about that's connected to Prince. But they focused on Sheila E. Everybody's walking out of Paisley Park as the main gates open. They all have hat boxes full of old Prince merch because apparently Prince is a pack rat. He kept things from every tour forever. And all of these people are hugging Sheila E. and all these other Prince people. And I'm like, no! 
Yeah. And I just remember because you, I was like, oh God, baby. Oh, I'm so sorry. And you were like, nope, it's okay. I hugged Larry Graham today and I was full. I was full. It's okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and I have video of the moment and that's, that's as good as a hat box from Sheila E., I guess. Yeah. Although <laughs> Sheila E., to say that she's on my bucket list of people in the Prince Circle that I would like to at least spend like three minutes of my life with, that would be an understatement. Oh my God, yeah. She's amazing. But, but still, it was an incredible moment just being around all the Prince people. The only sound that you actually did hear, like real sound at Paisley Park, that entire time was when randomly one person would just break out into a Prince song and then everybody would sing it. That happened with like three or four songs yeah. and then it would just go quiet again and everybody was okay with that. Like it was just the the most peaceful thing I've ever attended, I feel it was like. very peaceful. Yeah. All right. So then we get a little rest at the hotel. Then we decide because they're having this big First Avenue party tribute thing at First Avenue, uh, downtown Minneapolis. You know, it's it's many of the pivotal scenes of Purple Rain were filmed in that club. The, the famous Prince stars on the wall right there at First Avenue. We walk downtown. We get in line. And we make friends with the people we're in line with. We're in line for hours. I mean, hours. Yes. You, do you remember how many hours we stood there? By I the do. way, even as a guy, I was wearing shoes that made my feet hurt, <laughs> which is something I always preach to Susanna. If we're going to be walking, wear comfortable shoes, right? My feet were in pain that night. We were in line for seven and a half, eight hours, actually. Yeah. It's, it, it was just shy of eight hours by the time we we gave up. got out. Yeah. Because we had, to, we had to go home the next day. We're in line forever. And we we not just we didn't just make friends with these people, although I will admit I didn't get anyone's info. So to this moment, I, I don't have their names. I, I know nothing. I wish I would have added everybody on Facebook or something. I, I feel so dumb that I didn't do that. We were there for hours. We had the time. We had the time, but I feel like it, it would have almost ruined it if we had it in was a way. A lot of special moments happened. It, you know, you have your typical where we would all start singing certain Prince songs or whatever. But, but then there would be people that would try to get ahead of you in line. And we created this like force field that would not allow yes. people past. But a lot of weird things started going down. There was the really drunk girl that decided to walk up by us. There's a little doorway right by where we were standing in line. And she just pulled her pants down and started taking a pee right there. And I said, really? And she said, yeah, I got a pee. And it's just splattering well, all over all of us. Kind of. So she was actually at the entrance for the other club that's behind First yeah. Avenue. And it's like a slanted entrance there. So she was... Peeing well, in the her doorway. Fr- yeah, well, her friend was trying to get in with the bar- the bouncer there. She was behind the door. Jeans, by the way. Not even a skirt. Jeans. Just totally dropped trousers, squatting. And I will never forget, she looked at us, locked eyes, and said, better on your feet than in my pants. <laughs> Which I totally disagree, by the way. Yep. You know, go figure. The bouncer said, you're not coming in. Uh, and so he, he threw out of that line, too. So after that happened... Uh, I remember that's when you said, what else could go wrong? Oh, yeah. Oops. Maybe 20 or 30 minutes later, we're having a conversation. I'm entertaining the crowd as I do. All of a sudden, in mid-sentence, I start choking. I'm talking. And all of a sudden, I can't talk anymore. And I look around, and everyone is having that issue. And we're, we all have tears in our eyes. We don't have a clue why. 
we can't talk or see anymore. And then we find out that there was a fight way up the line because it was a long line and someone got pepper sprayed and the wind blew the pepper spray all the way down the crowd. So we were just all like dropping like flies. So then when people say, hey, how was your trip to Minneapolis? I got to tell them. Larry Graham hugged me. I got peed on and pepper sprayed because that's a pretty good summary of how our trip went. Yes. And we never got into the club, by the way. And I do remember, though, when we got probably what should have been 40 people back, so maybe a five-minute wait to get into the club, is when those huge guys came up and tried to cut into us. And realistically, there are some guys that probably we should not have stood up to. But at that point, we'd stood in line with those six other people for so long. Every single one of us was like, you're not coming in. We were pushing them out in the street like you're not cutting in line for us. Yeah, I- we'd bonded at that point. And I do remember when we finally actually had to leave the line, because we'd been there so long and we had to leave, that they were so sad that we weren't going to oh, stay the- with Peer pressure was intense. They were like, you can't leave now. We've been together for so long. I'm like, man, we're getting up in like four hours at this point to go back home. We got to go. But they were gracious. You remember the the one girl actually told us, like, my boyfriend's working the breakfast shift at this restaurant. You have to go here. Hell's Kitchen. Yes, Hell's Kitchen. You have to go down, get brunch. Tell him I sent you. He'll hook you up everything. And by the way, Hell's Kitchen in Minneapolis is pretty awesome. So go check that out. It's the best filet you'll ever have. Everything, you know, because it was was quite chaotic. It was kind of like Mardi Gras towards the end there where just the chaos in the streets everything next to us in the line and I remember oh not even just toward the end uh, throughout it, the the streets were so packed it was almost impossible to drive downtown Minneapolis during that whole week I, I mean as far it as the crazy the negative side of it, you know, the oh, criminal okay. activity, things like that. But yeah. I just remember the, the people we were with were actually from Minneapolis and all of them saying, please, this is not us. <laughs> know that this line of love is what Minneapolis is. And we were like, oh, yeah, no, we totally get that. This is I just the craziest that, that came yeah. in for it, you know? Yep. <laughs> so, Which is what I'm telling people now about Michigan when they see the national news about oh. the morons that are protesting yes. in Lansing. I'm telling everybody, hey, everybody, this is not Michigan. This is just a small group of morons. It's, it's very, yeah. very, very small group, unfortunately that just has a big platform. <laughs> yeah. So the Minneapolis trip right after Prince passed, it, it had its emotional moments and it had, you know, getting peed on and pepper sprayed was not ideal. And we never even got into the party. And we never even got their names. I mean, that's the worst part. You pee yeah, on if me. You, if you guys think you might have been in line with us, I mean, you would know because you got peed on and pepper sprayed. It's a moment that doesn't go away. Yeah. You'll, you'll remember. Please reach out to me. I would love to, <laughs> to reconnect with the people that were and, our crew in line. And to be fair, we all witnessed one of the most disgusting shares ever with the people on the street in the car. Uh, I'm going to let you tell the story and so, try not to throw up in my mouth while you do it. <laughs> First, we watched the, the very intoxicated girl whose friends tied her to a pole with a purse so that she could sit up, uh, and then they left her there. And then we watched the gentleman who had a little too much to drink and and unfortunately vomited and the car pulling up next to him did not see that a minute beforehand and actually rolled down the window to share their joint with him and made us all almost throw up after knowing what he'd just had done with his mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was no little vomit either. It, it, was, it, was, all, it was like so much. It was like a Saturday Night Live skit of yeah. vomit. <laughs> it was one of those. We were just like, mm, like right you, in front of us. That just happened. You have no idea what... Oh. You they, should just give him that joint. Just yeah, never. Thank God the sidewalks are really deep right there on that side of uh, First Avenue. Otherwise, we would have been really close to that vomit. Well, and they had a, the whole lane of oh, they the had the whole lane of the road off blocked too. off. That's true. Yeah, there were just As people fences, everywhere. Yeah, they had it gated in, so it was like a double sidewalk actually. 
All right, so that yes. was our that was our first trip together. So keep in mind, me being a huge Prince fan, and when I bump into other people <laughs> like me when I go to Minneapolis, which I try to do at least once a year, uh, sometimes. I will meet people that have significant others that are huge Prince fans just like me. And other times I meet people that say, no, I just leave my significant other at home because I want to enjoy the moment and not bore them to death, right? Now, then I dragged Susanna to Minneapolis again. This time we were going to see the tribute show and we did a Paisley Park VIP tour. Yes. Uh, we did the, uh, but the, the tribute the show thing. was the one in St. Paul and that was the one that was supposed to have people like John Mayer who didn't show. Anita Baker. Anita Baker didn't show. There were a couple of other, Christina Aguilera That's didn't right, show. Christina, yeah. But still we had Stevie Wonder. We oh. had More Stay of the Time. We had. Who it was, I? it was a complete bucket list show with uh, Mint Condition. Awesome. Mint Condition, um, yeah. Yeah, there there was just so many. It, it was like, oh, and no, oh my god, oh next. I just remember it's the longest concert I've ever been to in my entire life. Oh, it was probably. And, I don't know. I feel like it was like seven hours long. Yeah, it, it felt so long. And I just remember everybody around us even just going, "I really have to go to the bathroom," but I don't know who's going to be on next, and so I don't right. want to miss it. Like you were just taking this huge risk of when you got up to go to the bathroom because I was so happy. Yeah, I was so happy there. I, it, everything was so great. The show had a little bit of a weird start with Princess Sister Taika like coming a, yeah. up and singing a cappella, and we were all like, why is this happening? But they had this really cool video they played before the performances, talking about all the stuff Prince did for others and, and charity stuff that was absolutely amazing. It was a really great show. The music director that was on stage for pretty much the entire show. He was basically like the band leader for a lot of the performances. His name is Morris. Not Morris Day, different Morris. Can I please tell this story? All right, well, you can get to it in a second. So we go to the <laughs> concert. Uh, Morris Hayes, by the way, if you're a huge Prince fan, you already know who this guy is. He did the keyboards for a lot of his 90s albums. We go and we get some dinner at a crappy diner somewhere. Then we go back to our hotel. By then, it's 2 a.m., and I am absolutely exhausted. And we get on the elevator, and from here, I'll let Susanna take over because she loves telling the story. I do love this story. I love this story because, as you like to say, you have met everybody and anybody who is famous throughout your career. Yeah, since I'm a radio, radio personality, guy. I've had the opportunity to, to meet famous people, but not, not famous Prince-related people. That's yeah. totally different. Yeah. So you're always very, you know, cool and professional, everything. And we were just, I mean, we were dead getting on the elevator. And I remember right as, you know, you walk on, you turn to hit the buttons. And this other couple got on and hit the button. And you just stopped and you went, no, you are not. That is exactly <laughs> what that, I said to Morris Hayes. That was when I turned and realized, oh, my God, what is what is happening right now? Because Morris Hayes is standing there just looking exhausted, holding his garment bag over his arm and so graciously turns and says hello and extends his hand to you for, you know, a wonderful shake. And you just grab it and shake like an idiot. I wouldn't let go of the, his hand. The, I was losing my mind. The biggest grin I've ever oh. seen. And at this point, I am so excited and just can't contain it because I've never seen you fangirl like this. I'm so embarrassed. You, you don't understand. Number one, he was such a gracious guy oh with God. his time and his <laughs> space. He is stuck on this elevator with me. I am shaking his hand far too hard and fast, by the way, and I'm not letting go. 
and I'm kind of I'm kind of giggling. Like it doesn't make yeah. he's probably looking at me like, "Oh my god, this guy has lost his mind." And he's not wrong. I had kind of lost my mind. It, it was great though because he was so I mean, you could tell he's just exhausted. They had him, I mean, everything that he'd been doing that night, you know, the whole show. Yeah, he was telling and then us he that was, they're he, not done yet. They, they're not he had done. to go change and go back to some after show party. Yeah, he had a, you know, and they had him bouncing between St. Paul and Minneapolis, which is not a short short drive. I just remember when the the elevator doors opened for our floor and you were still talking to him and the doors closed and I'm just staring at you and you uh-huh. went, <laughs> I missed my floor. <laughs> and then you kept talking to him. And when the doors opened for his floor, you walked out of the elevator yeah, with I, him, still shaking his hand, telling him how happy you are. And I just remember how wonderfully, amazingly polite he was about it. And he was just like, thank you so much. You know, your love means everything. And I just had to say, baby, he, you can't go to his room with him. <laughs> and even he stopped and laughed a little bit. And you were like, oh, my God. Uh, I am so sorry. And he just, he was so great about it. He was like, that's, that's great. We just love, you know, the love that you have. And that's what Prince did time. for everybody. And when we got on the elevator, I just remember I burst out laughing and you sank. You were like, what did I just do? The world oh was going my too God. fast <laughs> Now I understand. I, I've had that luxury of meeting and hanging out with celebrities. In fact, my second favorite artist of all time is now a good friend of mine, right? So, oh, Freedy. So, so I, I've had this opportunity to live in this weird world so I've forgotten what it's like to be in that that mental place and all of these people that are connected to Prince whether it's in his personal life or musically I consider far bigger celebrities than almost anyone else in the world meeting someone like Morris or the time not too long ago mm-hmm. we got to hang out with the very gracious Maite oh my god yes she was so nice and spent so much time with us so that's one thing that I've really noticed you know going with you to all this Prince stuff because we've we've done a few things. We did that mm-hmm. the revolution in Chicago. Uh, we saw the revolution in Chicago, and, and we that saw it with incredible. some friends of yours who were yep. some friends of friends, and the one spouse who is not into it at all, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of along for the ride. Whereas I'm like, no, this is amazing to me. The same as with the Larry Graham thing. I never want to take an experience away from like a real Prince diehard fan, but I enjoy being there with you for it. But the Maite thing is where I realized, you know, much like Morris in the elevator, how gracious and relaxed and calm they all anybody in that world is about fans being overly close overly excited and they see it as the the genuine love that it is and not oh this could be a stalker situation or a crazy violent person let's go you know <laughs> yeah that that's a very good point because i did feel like Oh, by the way, our dogs all just came down to the basement because they want to be a part of the podcast now. That's what hey, all that Billie noise Holiday. is. I did I, I did worry that I was going to creep Maite out, and I probably did. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I was the only guy there for her belly dance class. I, the only guy that participated, yes, for sure. Participated, yes. There was one guy yes. there, but I think he actually, I think he's the guy in charge of the event. Yeah. So he doesn't And I, I think the other guy was like a kid of somebody running it, yeah. I've never belly danced in my life, but I knew this would be my one opportunity to be in the same room as Maite. We just ended up spending a lot of time together where Susanna, who is a huge animal person like myself, basically got to hold Maite's dog for a long time. Oh my God. And so we're just cute. chilling, having a conversation about all kinds of stuff. I was overwhelmed by not just how gracious she was with her time and how patient she was with everybody, not just me, but how she was sincere and direct during her conversation with everyone. 
she would just look them directly in the eye. She wouldn't back away. She was just right there in your space having a conversation with you, completely 100% involved in how you felt like she really cared. I didn't expect that at all. When Prince and Maite went on tour, I can't remember the name of the tour. That, that was my first Prince concert. That's when My Name is Prince and Sexy MF and all that came out. So my first time seeing Prince was with Maite. So I hold Maite very, very dear to me when it comes to my history of being a Prince fan. And the fact that we were just hanging out, having a conversation like that. Wow. Yeah. And for me, you know, the, clearly the the dog rescue thing was yeah. amazing to me. And we were sharing a lot of stuff about that. It was more like you said, like, I remember when you took your picture with her, mm-hmm. how you were holding her hand for something. You, I, I don't remember what it was like she grabbed, you know, you went to hand her phone or something. And I remember <sighs> when you were done, you were like, oh, my God, I was just holding her hand. And I feel like she was probably like, oh, my God, why is this guy touching my hand? My but ta- instead, you my ta- see. if you're listening, <laughs> I'm so sorry that I held your hand. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Am I a big creep and I'm just completely unaware no, of it? No, that's the thing. You... It's the same thing with Morris. I didn't realize I grabbed both of their hands and I didn't let go. It's the thing. (laughs) I feel like in their reactions to when you watch them, because I got a lot of video of that, actually. I wish I wish I had had, you know, been in the state of mind to film the Morris thing because that was fantastic. And I would play that over and over for you every day. When you watch the reactions, I feel like the. The people in the Prince world actually they feel the love that you have for them in Prince and not in a creepy way. And so they're very open to the hugging or the hand touching, anything like that. Yeah. They don't seem uncomfortable by it at all. And that's that's what's really impressive to me. Um, the only comparison I have is like Brett. Oh yeah, we, we met Brett Michaels uh, about three or four years ago. I did a radio interview with him leading up to when we were going to go see him in concert and he was one of the best interviews I've ever done and I I couldn't believe how gracious he was. He even called my cell phone after the interview to thank me for doing the interview and and he said, I want to make sure you and Susanna get backstage. So then we got backstage at his concert a couple days later and he was the kindest person ever giving people direct eye contact and really like spending time with each fan. The reason why I bring this up is for those of you that don't ever find yourself in those situations with celebrities, that is so rare. It's so rare. Meet and greets with celebrities usually last two to three minutes like when I hung out with Morris Day. Remember the Morris Day show? So I'm standing there next to Morris Day. It might as well have been a cardboard cutout of Morris Day. He didn't look at me. He didn't respond when I spoke to him. He didn't even move his pose. My pose with him was the same exact pose he had with every single person and you know, I don't mean to knock Morris Day. It's pretty common for celebrities to be that way but it was a pretty big letdown (laughs) that I could even have a conversation with him. It's pretty normal for the celebrity meetings to be a letdown for people, but when it comes to most of the Prince people, like like Maite and Morris Hayes, they were the most caring individuals. I feel like they've had a real connection, and they appreciate the connection with the fans. Yeah, and I, I've never felt like it was a um, like a clinging to Prince for fame kind of thing. It's they truly feel like they were a part of his entire life and the fans as well. Like it, it was all an integral thing together, not 
I'm just doing this to keep a paycheck coming for the rest of my life, but they genuinely care. Moving from the Prince celebrity-ish people to the Prince fans, I wonder, since you would be on the outside looking in on this, if if it felt different to you to go to things like the Prince Tribute Show in St. Paul or the Revolution Show in Chicago. When you and I went to the Red Hot Chili Peppers in Grand Rapids or the Chili Peppers in Detroit, amazing show, but I, I feel like the fans are there for themselves. Not not bad. It's just like, we're here ready to have this moment with my favorite band. But I feel like when you go to something Prince related, there's a community. I feel different about it. I feel like we're all here to have this experience together. Yes. Did you feel that way or do I just feel that way because I'm so in it? No, I 100% agree. What has always amazed me about your Prince world, as I like to refer to it, is how you guys are all family, whether you know each other or not. Susanna's always shocked when, like, complete strangers just come to this house. I am so like, shocked and terrified at the same time. Like, it, when, a, when a girl will drive all the way from Detroit to yes. here and just come down to the basement with me, who she's never met. Yes. And it, Susanna's like, why do people do that? I'm like, we're Prince people. We don't, we, we don't worry about that at all. I am amazed <laughs> that, you know, Crystal Ball, as we refer to her, yeah. for the Chicago thing, it was like, oh yeah, you know, we'll just go ahead and I'm just going to hop around in a car with another Prince fan that I've never met before. We're going to drive three states away to go to this show and it'll be okay. That's that's how I met, you know, some of my best friends. And then the, the other woman that you had from Detroit that drove here, the same thing. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh yeah, no, no, no issue at all. I just told my husband, hey, this guy does a Prince podcast and I'm going over to his house into the basement and no issue. And her husband and, didn't question it. And either. he didn't question it at all. And she's like, that's how we've been doing things for, you know, 40 years. <laughs> you know, just you hear about a Prince party, you go, it's Prince people. You don't know whose house it is. You don't know who's going to be there but you know it's going to be good people and I'm, I just think to myself that's so terrifying especially as a woman like there's no way you're going to catch me on a Chili Pepper or Amy Winehouse site hooking up with fans and going yeah I don't know you but let's drive across country let's let's hop on a plane and go to Amy's house you know I, I'm never going to do that the difference is the one girl said it's Prince Fam yeah. And Prince Fam is just in it for the love and good people. So you just automatically trust and it's never been burned. So who cares? <laughs> and yeah. that's always been amazing to me. All right. Well, well, thank you for joining me in the Prince basement for the first time for this podcast. Traveled all over the country for all of this Prince stuff and looking around all the money spent on this Prince stuff. And I'm the last pick. I don't know what, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Most supportive person here for you. And I'm the last pick. Oh, we've run out of time. <laughs> Get show notes, pictures, and more info on My Prince Story at MyPrincePodcast.com. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at My Prince Podcast. My Prince Story is recorded in my cozy Prince basement in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com.